Flyers Daily with Jason Mertides. All right, here we go. It is a brand new Flyers Daily for the 17th of November. Flyers will be back in action tomorrow when they take on the Vegas Golden Knights. The revenge tour continues against Vegas as the Flyers have won three of the first four of this little allocation of four games that I call the revenge tour. Uh, They've won three games on the road. Uh, They beat three pretty good teams in Anaheim, in Los Angeles, the Kings, and obviously just the other night against the Carolina Hurricanes. Flyers Daily, presented by Ticketmaster, Make More Memories Live. And this season, also, the Flyers are teaming up with Penn Medicine for the Penn Medicine Assist. Now, for every Flyers assist this season, Penn Medicine and the Flyers are donating 30 pounds of food to local communities in need. So that's always a very good thing. In this episode, you know, this weekend there's back-to-back games. You have Vegas coming up tomorrow at Wells Fargo Center at 1 o'clock. Then Sunday, it's the Columbus Blue Jackets at Wells Fargo Center at 5.30. Then we're going to be into the holiday week as I reach for my trusted schedule. The holiday week, and it's this month has been weird when it comes to start times. And, you know, usually the NHL and the Flyers are a Tuesday, Thursday you know, Saturday, sometimes Sunday league for the most part. But this month has been really bizarre. A lot of Wednesday games. Matter of fact, the Flyers have three Wednesday games in the month of November, one the rest of the season. So it's been a little different and, you know, really different start times. Other than the first three games of the month, which all started at 7 o'clock, both Buffalo games and then the Flyers against the Kings at Wells Fargo Center, it's been 10-30, 10, 10-30, 7-30, 1-5-30, 7.30, then they'll end the month uh, against the New Jersey Devils on the 30th with a 7 o'clock game. But usually we're so accustomed to those 7 o'clock games and got a lot of the late-night hockey and Flyers after dark out of the way already this season. But the Flyers be back in action this weekend for two at Wells Fargo Center, and they'll look to keep alive their longest winning streak of the season, the three games uh, that they've got in a row right now, three road games they've won straight. Um, they've won two games in a row. Uh, one other time. So they won opening night, lost, and then the next game against Ottawa. Then they won against Vancouver and Edmonton, both at Wells Fargo Center. Then back-to-back losses on the road, one of those in overtime. Uh, That was against the uh, Dallas Stars and then the Vegas loss. Then they come home, they beat Minnesota, but they have the next three at home, and they lose all three. 7-4, 3-2, 5-2 against Anaheim, Carolina, and Buffalo. Then they go to Buffalo on the road, 5-1. Then they lose to Los Angeles at home. They lose to San Jose on the road. And then the last three games, 6-3 win over Anaheim, 4-2 win over the Los Angeles Kings, and a 3-1 win over the Carolina Hurricanes. And it got me thinking, you know, the Flyers are 16 games in. That is pretty much 20% of the schedule for the season. 20%. We're, we're still in a relatively small sample size, but we're starting to kind of get out of the small sample size into kind of a legitimate sample size. So it got me thinking, okay, it's about 19.5% of the 82-game schedule is 16 games. So when you look at 20% of this schedule, if we were to project out a little bit and go, okay, what is this team? We talked before the season started about progress and how will progress be measured? Because the thought is, well, are they a team that's going to show progress but maybe not progress in the standings or in the amount of points they get throughout the season or points percentage, whatever you want to, however you want to calculate it. 
They finished seventh in the Metropolitan Division a year ago. They were a team that, you know, in the month of November last year were absolutely just, it was a miserable, miserable month of hockey. Then they rebounded, played pretty well for a while, but then ultimately fell off again. Finished with 75 points, well ahead of the eighth-seeded Columbus Blue Jackets. Columbus had 59 points on the year. Uh, but the Flyers had a record of 31, 38, and 13 last year, five points back of the Caps. And, you know, playoffs were wasn't going to happen. So you come into this season, and we go, well, how are we going to measure progress? Is it going to be just by more standings points than 75, and we'll consider that progress? But I think that's really pragmatic. You know, it's not that cut, you know, quite that cut and dry. And through the first 20 games, I think we've seen a little bit of just about everything with this team. I mean, when you look at the fact that they do have some quality wins over some quality opponents, Vancouver is off to a phenomenal start this season. They are off to just unbelievable, shocking a lot of people. Some people say it's probably not sustainable, but they are. Here's the fact of the matter. Vancouver's played 16 games. They're 12-3-1. They've got 25 points. They're tied with the Vegas Golden Knights, the identical record to the Vegas Golden Knights. And Vancouver is plus 34 in goal differential, plus 34, sitting in the top spot of the Pacific Division of the Western Conference. Flyers beat that team 2 to nothing. Granted, it was pretty early on, but still, that's a very quality win over a quality opponent. I look at the Edmonton game on October 19th where the Flyers won 4-1. to I know Edmonton's had a miserable start. But that's still, to me, they had McDavid, they had Dreisaitl, and that was a quality win. Really well-played game. So they lost to Dallas in overtime. Dallas, very good team. Another one of those teams sitting in the top spot of the Central. 23 points, 11-3-1 through 15 games. Very good team. They came back from two two two-goal deficits in Dallas. Got a point out of it, but they lost the game. So, okay. Vegas, 12-3-1. They're a team that... Flyers went into the third period with a 2-1 lead. Ended up losing the game, 3-2. Stood in there with them. Admirable, but we're going to go no moral victories here. So they stood in there with the, one of the another one of the best teams in the entire NHL. The Minnesota Wild, really not a good start to the season. I think they're probably a better team than they've shown this year. But okay, we won't even go quality win there. Anaheim, who they lost to and beat now. Anaheim's been a pretty good team. They've shocked a lot of people going into this season. They were horrific last year right now they're in the fourth spot in the pacific they got a record of nine and seven on the season 18 points one more point than the flyers so the flyers have split with them the flyers when it comes to the los angeles kings kings pretty darn good team as well kings 14 games played eight three and three 19 points really good team six two and two in their last 10 flyers split with that team then you look at a team like buffalo flyers lost five two and one Five to one. Now Buffalo, well, Buffalo being Buffalo again for the nine hundredth time, but they're seven, eight, and one. They've got fifteen points in sixteen games. Okay, so we won't count that as a quality opponent, at least at this time. Maybe when it's all said and done, you'll look at that and go, ah, that was a pretty good team. Carolina. Carolina's a good team. One one point ahead of the Flyers in the standings. Carolina's played sixteen games. They got eighteen points. They're nine and seven on the year. Um, they're even in goal differential. Like I said. They've played the same amount of games as the Flyers, but they're one point ahead. Flyers are 8-7-1. Carolina is 9-7 and seven on the season. So we're 20% in. And you look at some of these opponents that they've played. They haven't played 
an overly easy schedule. When I said, like, I think we've seen it all, we see some quality wins in there, like a 2 nothing win over Vancouver, a win over Carolina on the road, a win over the Kings on the road. You see some really good elements in there. But then you also see something like the 2-1 loss against an 0-10-1 San Jose team or the 5-2 loss against Buffalo where they just didn't get enough saves. And you go, okay, we've seen a little bit of everything, but we're 20% into the schedule. So what can we project out of that? Has progress been made? You know, at 16 games with 17 points, it's exactly where the Flyers were a year ago when they finished with said 75 points and in the seventh spot in the division. But is that team a lot different from this team? A little bit different from this team? Not different at all because the results are the same? I think this team that we're seeing this year in 23-24 compared to the team that we saw in 22-23 that had the same amount of points, this team is far different from last year's team. And in mostly, pretty much all, positive ways. Now, we watched last year, the beginning of the year, and Carter Hart had to carry the team. He was unbelievable. And they were a team that could not score last year. This is a team now in the Flyers that has been able to put the puck in the net. Travis Konechny, for goodness sake, in the NHL, has 10 goals already. He joined an elite club of a player to score 10 goals in the first 16 games of a season. Simone Gagne did it one year in 14 games. Mike Knubel did it, I think, in 16 games. Sean Couturier did it in 16 games. So you're talking about a really good start to the season. And when you look at you know, guys in the NHL, you look around the, the league landscape of top goal scorers in the NHL, Austin Matthews has 13. He's, I think he's the best scorer in the game right now. Besser, I don't think it's sustainable for Besser, but he's got 13. So does Kyle Connor of the Winnipeg Jets, who I think is a really good goal scorer. Then Sam Reinhart and Debrinkit have 11. So does Vitrano and Pasternak and Kucherov. But then in that next category, with Brady Kachuk, Miko Rantanen, William Nylander, J.T. Miller, Chris Kreider, Sidney Crosby, those guys all have 10 goals. That's your 10-goal club. That's some pretty good hockey players right there. Let, let's be honest about it. He's in that category to begin this season. So when you look at it and the 20%, you know how do, how do you project it out? Well, there's one element that I think makes the start a little different, and it's this. The Flyers have played 16 games. Carter Hart has played eight games in a period, basically, this season. Not even eight games in a period. Eight games in 10 minutes. Played a half a period. When he had to come out of that game with the injury, and Sam Harrison came in and played the Sam Harrison played the final 50 minutes on the nose of that game. So Hart so far this season has been really good once again. His numbers aren't as eye-popping as the start of last year, but in the nine games that he's appeared in, so eight games and ten minutes of another game, he's got a record of five and three. He's allowed 19 goals, he's got 239 saves or 220 saves, I should say, on 239 shots. He's got a 921, a 921 save percentage and a 234 goals against average and a one and one shutout on the year. That's pretty that's pretty damn good numbers. For example, his best season in the NHL, his save percentage was 917. That was his first year. He only played 31 games that year. The year after that, he only played 40 games because that was the 1920 lockout, not lockout. 
was the shortened season because of the pandemic. And that season, he had a 914. And, you know, last couple of years, he had an 877, followed by a 905, followed by a 907 last year. But 921 right now. And the most games he's ever played in a season is 55, which he played a year ago. Now, he missed games this year because he, he had the injury when Ocposo fell on him. And then he also had the food poisoning, missed five games and came back against Carolina, and he was spectacular. So, so far, again, he's started eight games. So let's say he's going to play 57 games this year, two more than he played last year. That means he has 49 more games to go, which is 74% of the remaining games to, to be played for the Flyers. The remaining games they have are 66. So if he were to play in 49 of those 66, that's 74% of the games. Now, that's assumption of health and a lot of other things. But if he is going to play three out of every four games for this team going forward. And I'm saying, I'm not going to even say that his numbers are going to be 921 with the two, three, four goals against average on the year. But if he's north of, say he's 915 save percentage for the year with a two, seven goals against average, what does that pretend to when it comes to record for the Flyers? Now, there's a couple of different things. Like we're trying to define progress. There's a couple of different things that you can look at when we're trying to project this out, you go, what is possible? You know, best case scenario for Carter Hart or Travis Konechny or Travis Sandheim. For other players throughout the lineup, Sean Walker, Joel Farabee, Sean Couturier, Cam Atkinson. You know, what's the what's possible for those players all said and done? I mean, is Konechny going to end up with 40 goals this year? That's the pace he's on right now. He's actually on pace for 50, but could could Travis Konechny score 40 this year? I think that's possible. But the other part of that is that possible, probable, or less than likely. I've got those three categories. Possible, probable, less than likely. Is Travis Konechny going to score 50? Possible. I don't think it. I don't think it's going to happen, so I would put that He's going to score 40 in the probable category. 50, I don't think so. It's a big, big number. <laughs> That's a big number. Plus, he has to stay healthy. So, for Travis connecting to score 40, I think that's probable. When you look at Travis Sanheim, in 16 games, he's got 14 points. Is he going to end up with north of 65 points this season? I think that's less than likely. I just don't know that you're going to be able to keep up that point production through a whole year for Travis Sanheim. Can he have 55 points? That might be probable. That might be probable. I don't think that maybe is too much to ask. Joel Farabee's got six goals, 20% into the season. 30-goal year for Joel Farabee? I think that's probable. I don't. It's possible, but I think it's that probably 28 is probably the number that I would feel comfortable going to. Don't forget, he is a guy that scored 20 goals in 55 games in the 56-game season. So this isn't out of the realm of just some guy like uh, Brady Anderson in baseball who hit 22 home runs as a career high and then all of a sudden hit damn near 60. It's not that. Cam Atkinson's got eight goals in 16 games played this season. So he has a half a goal a game. 
Is Cam Atkinson going to score 41? I I wouldn't feel comfortable. I'd put the probable number on Cam Atkinson. If everything goes well at 32, I think Cam Atkinson can score 32 goals if he stays healthy. Owen Tippett scored 27 goals last year. Didn't put a lot of pucks in the net, admittedly so, at the beginning of this year. He is heating up now, and you can see the confidence in his game. He's got six goals. I think I think Owen Tippett ends up with like 32 goals this season. I think that's very probable. Couturier has played in 14 of the 16 games. Is Couturier not only going to be able to play in 70? Would the probable number on Couturier games played be about 70 games? That's about where I would feel comfortable. There's going to be some maintenance in there, for sure, coming off as long of a layoff as he had. He's got 11 points. Can you say that Sean Couturier, if you can get 70 games and 64 points out of Sean Couturier, well, you'll take that. You'll take that. That's just under a point-per-game player. I'll take 70 games and 58 points. How about that? And I'll take that for Sean Couturier. Uh, you look at, you know, Sean Walker. You don't calculate his effectiveness by points necessarily, even though he's got seven in 16 games. But if he can continue to be just a, a revelation of a player. Now, there's some guys, like Noah Cates has one goal. Tyson Forster doesn't have any. Collectively, they have seven points in 25 man games. They've got to get more there. They've got to get more there. Excuse me, more man games than that. It's actually 31 man games. They've got seven points. Morgan Frost has to be in the lineup, stay in the lineup, and produce. He's got four points in nine games played. So there's a lot of variables here of what is possible, what is probable, and what is less than likely. I guess this is, you know, as we're getting close to Thanksgiving, this is the the pre-conversation to that date because we always look at that date and say, if you are not a team in the playoff mix at American Thanksgiving, then you're a team that is probably, I think it's like 87% of the time doesn't make the playoffs. The Flyers right now through 16 games are in wild card number two. One point back of Toronto is in wild card number one. One point back of Carolina and Washington, who are two and three in the Metropolitan Division. So I'm not changing expectations. I'm not pivoting. I'm none of those things. But we, we were asking that question about how you define progress. 20% into the schedule. Two, zero, percent. As I write it down again. With Hart basically playing half of the games that have taken place so far this year. And if he were to play not half of the remaining 66 games, not 33 games left, but if he actually played in 49 of the 66 games, are the playoffs a wild card race possible? Now, I know the the rebuild people and the tank people are going nuts. I know some people would rather... Travis Konechny have two goals, and they lose two goals on the season. That Joel Farabee doesn't have six goals. He's got two, but they're losing more games to get that high draft pick. We need one more guy. We need one more draft pick in the top three. We need our David Pasternak. Oh, crap. He was drafted 25th overall. Damn it. We need a defenseman like Charlie McAvoy. Shoot. He was drafted 14th overall. 
how do we do this? We need a player like Nikita Kucherov. Oh, man. He was drafted in the second round, or Braden Point, who was drafted in the third round. What are we going to do if we don't draft in the top three? This is what progress looks like. Progress in a rebuild, whether it's in year two, year four, is good. Enjoy the progress. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. We'll preview Flyers Vegas tomorrow on a brand new Flyers Daily.